0: Thank you for tuning in to the Everyday Christian Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we show that God deserves every praise from every creature, every day. Here is your host, Chase Green. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green, and today we're going to continue our discussion with John Mitchell on evangelism. You remember last week we left off with the cliffhanger as I was about to ask John how to work evangelism into a conversation. He's going to get to that in just a moment, but before we do, I want to highlight one of our Scattered Abroad Network podcasts. And This week we're going to highlight the Asking God Why podcast with Jameson Stewart. Jameson's been on our podcast before. The Asking God Why podcast is a podcast where it's okay to ask the question, why? Asking God Why approaches the Bible asking the question, why? In each book of the Bible, God answers a why question. Join Jameson Stewart in searching the Bible to find God's answer to our questions of why. This podcast premieres every Friday on the Scattered Abroad Network. You can check out more of our podcast at scatteredabroad.org or you can look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get back to our discussion with John Mitchell on evangelism. Prayer is something we should never underestimate. And this gets back to um, basically apathy. Do we care enough about evangelism to even pray about it? Uh, how how... Christians, how is your prayer life to begin with? Is it limited to just 20 second brief mentions of thanks for the food and that's it? Um, it is God someone that you will have a real deep and soul-searching conversation with only when there's times of trouble? But that's that, only when you're the sailor on the sinking ship and that's when you're crying out for God, but rest of the time, it's just, you know, 15-second, Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. And uh, if you have a really deep prayer life to begin with, then that's half the battle. Uh, so deep in your prayer lives, Christians. And also uh, be praying for doors of opportunity. Lord, help me to learn more. share the gospel with others in an effective way. And, Lord, open a door of opportunity. Bring some soul who is searching for the truth. Bring them to me today and help me to speak the truth in love. You pray that every day. You pray it from the heart. And then you act on it. Uh, When God can see that, yes, you are studying his word more to prepare yourself, then. He is going to answer that prayer. He is going to bring uh, people who are searching for the truth right up to you. Prov- His providence works. Can you so give us? Never underestimate prayer. Can you give us an example of uh, maybe how that might present itself in a in a conversation and and how one would go about seizing that opportunity to try to get a, a Bible study. Job and um, you know, I used to work at a grocery store, so um, uh, I'll just use my own experience here. So you know let's say that you you're checking out groceries a grocery store and uh, you know you have the same the same employee coworker that comes up and and they're bagging your groceries and you enter that's what they do. you check the groceries out and they bag them day in day out. So you, you you know, you you start out regular conversation, you know, so how's it going? You know? Well, one day that coworker who's back in your groceries might just say, you know what, it's been I so things, things at home have not been that good. Oh really? Why? and let them open up. Let them talk to you about it. You know? And listen. Listen. Sympathize, empathize, and then don't let that opportunity go to waste like let's say that um let's say that they're having uh, uh marriage problems and okay? well you know i it's just that uh my husband and I were arguing all the time, and I really you know he he does this wrong, but you know what i you know i I mess up too because I had uh I have an impatient, sharp temper, they might say. Well, then you could say, you know what, I can relate to that because, you know what, sometimes uh, sometimes my husband or my wife will just, you know, they, they will really get on my last nerve, too. And, you know what, my temper can, my temper is not always what it needs to be. But, you know what, my preacher preached this really, really great sermon on patience in a marriage he preached that a couple months ago and it really got me thinking and um it just really changed my it just really helped me turn my marriage around it helped me be a better wife it helped me be a better husband um you know i i got the recording right here uh, on our church website you know uh I could, I could send you the link to it on your phone. Would you, why don't you give it a listen? I think it'll help you out. I mean, what, what are they going to do? If, if they say no, then they say no. Right. If They say yes, I would like that. And guess what? God just gave you an open door and you walked through it. Right. You know? And, and then follow up on that, you know? Hey, did you hear that? Did you listen to that? Oh, I did. You know, what? that's, was a really good lesson. That gave me a lot to think about. Oh, let me tell you, he gives really good lessons. He has really helped me be a better person. You know what? You ought to come and come to church with me. And because it's really going uh, to change your life. Or maybe you can go up to your preacher and say, hey, I'm trying to get my coworker worker at the grocery store to uh, come to church. And She's been talking to me about problems in her marriage, and she's really been impressed with lessons that she's heard from you on the website. I think I could get her to come to church. Could you talk? Could you give a sermon on how to have a good marriage maybe next Sunday or in two weeks, and then I can tell her that, that, she, that you're preaching on marriage? Maybe that might get her to come. Right. And, you know, the preacher, you know. If he's a good preacher, the preacher's going to be say, "I would be happy to do that." And so now, then you can go back to your co-worker and say, "Hey, guess what? A preacher's talking about marriage next week, and how to how to be the how to have a really great marriage. Uh, he's doing a whole series on yeah. Why don't you come? It starts this Sunday. You know, not, you and I can go out to eat afterwards. You know, I mean, yep. do things like that. That's that's uh, that's how you." Take advantage of opportunities that God can give you. Right, you know. Look at uh, look at your social media, and if you notice somebody who's not a Christian, all of a sudden starting to like a lot of your posts, uh, if they're a religious post, or uh, maybe even commenting on it, or uh, maybe that's a sign that hey, they're interested. And try to seek those people out and and have conversations with them. And uh, if they start asking Bible questions, that's a good sign. Maybe maybe they're interested. Hey, uh, would you like to maybe sit sit down around the table sometime, the kitchen table, and we'll have a meal, and then we'll kind of go in, in into a more in-depth study of your questions? Well, yeah, I'd love to do that. So invite people to church. Um, so invite days, people to meet days your days, preacher. Exactly. Invite people for Bible studies, and you can, you can take advantage of those opportunities. Christians, if you are on social media, you are on Facebook, or And Instagram, and your preacher and your church is also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And if they regularly post recordings of the sermons or articles that the preacher writes, uh, they post them and you see them, hit that share button. Yes. Christians, hit that share button and put on your own wall the link to that sermon, the link to that article. Uh, do that all the time because you will be doing your part to share the gospel with who knows how many people that might run across that. Those, you know, uh, those. Is, I was just gonna say those those live streams. I mean, you're getting, I guess, depending on the congregation, depending on what area you're in, you might get two, three, four, five hundred views organically just from the live stream itself, and then every share that the individual members share on their pages, uh that might increase, you know, 50 more views here, and 30 more views there, and 100 more views here. And so that is a really good opportunity that, at least for now, <laughs> you know, there's some censorship starting to happen a little bit. But for now, we've got really good opportunities with that live streaming uh that we need to be taking exactly. advantage of. Yep. Okay, so we've talked about how to, to get into... Uh, a situation where you can invite somebody to church or or have a Bible study with somebody, I want to talk about conducting a personal Bible study and uh, just some tips uh, for how to do so successfully. And the first tip that I have is that we need to have a method. And the method that I usually use as my go-to method is is back to the Bible. It's these little booklets. It's a red one and a green one and a blue one. It talks about uh, the green one is authority. The blue one deals with the church and worship, and the red one deals with sin and the plan of salvation. And really good, concise studies that uh, really explain the basics that someone needs to know before before they obey the gospel really well. So have a method. Use one of those methods. Uh, I know Jewel Jewel Miller film strips were really popular a long time ago. They're really outdated, but but, uh, something similar to that or, or even that can still be used in some situations. Uh, sometimes I use just a blank sheet of paper and I put a circle in it. And then I fill into that circle a lot of spiritual blessings such as hope, love, joy, peace, patience, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, and then salvation and fellowship and prayer and comfort and heaven. And I put all these in a circle and then I show them Galatians 3.27. Well, how do you get into Christ? Well, before that, I, I show them Ephesians 1, three where All spiritual blessings are located in Christ. And then Galatians 3.27, Romans chapter 6. How do you get into Christ? Well, those verses say that we're baptized into Christ. And then I I walk them through the whole plan of salvation. So there's opportunities that we can seize uh, for having a Bible study with someone. And I think the first thing that you need to remember is we need to have a method to your madness, so to speak. Uh, You need to have a plan. Uh, John, what are some other methods that that you have used uh, once you get someone into a specific study? Well, I, in my experience, I am more, the methods I use are a lot more informal. Um, I have used uh, things like uh, what you were talking about, the uh, uh, Back to the Bible, but, and even more than that, the Fishers of Men. Uh, Bible studies, but I don't use them all that often. I use them only with people who might have, might have been coming to church as visitors for a while. And so they might already be, a, they're not members of the church, but they're familiar with the church. Right. Uh, but with people who are unchurched or who are uh, denominational, uh, but they they haven't really set foot inside of the Church of Christ. I tend to f- find that there's more success when you are very informal um and so I need to find the first thing that I would suggest is find out find out where they are i mean where what is their background? Where are they in on the road to salvation Where are they? I mean you have biblical precedent for that. you'll notice that. Uh, if you compare the sermon that Peter preached in Acts two with the sermon that Paul preached in Acts seventeen, they're pretty different, and the reason they're different is because there were two different audiences. Paul was preaching to polytheistic pagans who had never who had never heard of the God of the Bible. Peter was preaching to monotheistic Jews who believed in the one true God, but they just didn't know about his Son. And so they took two different methods, two different approaches. And, and you'll notice that, uh, uh, why did Peter not quote John 3.16? Why did he not quote that when they asked him, what shall we do? John 3.16 talks about faith, right? Uh, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Peter didn't bring up faith. Why? Because it says in verse thirty-seven that they were cut to the heart. Peter knew that they already believed. Right. He, already, he knew that they were, that's where they were. They already believed, and so he brought up he didn't bring up faith. He brought up repentance and baptism. Okay, you have to you have to find out where the person you're talking to, where they are in right. their spiritual journey. And determine the method that you will use. Now, the informal method that I use. Th- these are just. And it's basically I, I'd like to just give your listeners guidelines because these are guidelines that I follow. I, I tend to have a very conversational, informal sit down at in the living room, and let's just talk. Right. Let's just talk about the Bible. Okay. So guidelines that I use, and this is really because people do ask me, alright, I want to have a Bible study with someone. I just don't know how to start. And I don't know how to go about it. You know, so if I if I am having a Bible study with someone, what are some things that I need to keep in mind? And here's what I've told them. Okay, i got a few pointers. Number one, we've already talked about it some. You've got to learn more about the Bible. Right. So, you've got to learn more about the Bible. We, uh, we've talked about that. So uh, number two, uh, rejoin civilization, Christians. Rejoin civilization. Now I know that Christians, we say, well, you know, bad company corrupts good morals, and the Bible says uh, to go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord. That's true, but uh, you know that passage in Second Corinthians talking about not being unequal. And it says be do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What partnership does righteousness have with lawlessness? That—that's talking about a spiritual perspective. That is not saying that Christians have absolutely nothing in common with non-Christians. Right. I mean, Chase, what's your favorite? What's your favorite restaurant? Your fast food restaurant. What's your favorite fast food restaurant? Uh, probably a, a Raising Cane's or a Chick Fil A. Okay. Do you know any non-Christians who like Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Guess what? You have that in common with them. Yeah. My point, my point is is if you know, if you know non-Christians, you do have things in common with them. And if you have things in common with them, that is a way that you open up that door to uh uh have Bible studies, them. we talked a little bit about that as well. So rejoin civilization. Then number three, let your light shine. Let your light shine. Now, so far, these are like how to get into the door for having Bible studies, but I think it's worth talking about. Let your light shine. Now, think about Jesus. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi living in a Jewish society, a Jewish society that promoted bigotry against Samaritans. A Jewish society that promoted intolerance towards sinners. But what did he do in John 4? He decided to speak to an immoral Samaritan woman and stay among her people for two days. You look at Philip, who's a Jew, and he would go to the hated Samaritans and benevolently help them with their afflictions in a miraculous way and he would baptize them into Christ, and Peter and John would follow him. And then you have Peter. On the day of Pentecost, Peter is talking to people who he knew had killed his master and his best friend, and yet he still reached out to them. You have Jesus, who willingly shows the way of salvation to one of his biggest persecutors, Saul of Parsons, and he chooses to make his greatest enemy his greatest follower, and he chooses to forgive him of his sins. And you have Peter, raised in a culture that is taught, that teaches Jews to despise Gentiles. But it's Peter, that doesn't hesitate to preach the gospel to a Gentile and bring Gentiles into the church. What we learned from this is they were letting their light shine. They were showing kindness and compassion to people who were different than them, people who had hurt them, and that's how they opened up doors. That People took notice of that. When we let our light shine before others, when we show the love of Christ to them, That can open up doors. So, like, for example, uh, how many of you, how many of your listeners like to go out to eat after Sunday morning services? Probably a lot of them, right? Right. Well, if you you go to a restaurant on Sunday, tip well. Tip well. And smile and laugh with the waiter. And if the waiter makes a mistake, don't make a big deal about it. Right. Compliment them. And ask them how they're doing. Give them compassion. Give them grace. And you know what you, the message you're sending them? Because they know you're going to church. You're dressed up. You know? They yep. know that you're a churchgoer. So you are letting them know that Christians are different from those customers who act like they're the dictator and the waitress is the peasant. Yep. You know, let your light shine. Um, if there's someone at work that no one likes, uh, maybe maybe that person has poor hygiene. You know, maybe they have awkward social skills. You be the one to reach out to them. Let your light shine in that way. That's pointer number three. All right, here's point number four, and this is where we're getting into the actual Bible study. Okay, don't be afraid to talk about spiritual matters. Uh, don't when you're at work, when uh, you're you're at the restaurant and with the waiter, and you ask them how they're doing. Don't be afraid to talk about the Bible. Uh, yes, you need to talk about secular things that you have in common because that's how you get the conversation started. But bring it around to the spiritual. And when you're bringing, uh, bringing it around to the spiritual, then here's the next pointer, pointer number five. Okay, And this is what I call don't feed the baby filet mignon. Don't feed the babies the lay them down. Okay, so you you have you've grown in your knowledge of God's word. You've rejoined civilization because you're actively reaching out to the lost with the gospel. Uh, you're doing your best to let your light shine by showing God's love and compassion. And and you are bringing up the Bible in conversations with people. So now you're actually studying the Bible with someone. You're in a real live Bible study with someone, and it's wonderful, right? Things are going great. And so they say to you, all right, I have a question. And that's wonderful, right? They're interested. This is really going somewhere. And so you say, okay, what's your question? And they say, well, i go to hell if I use the number 666 now, Christians, you're faced with several options here. Now, here's option number one: you can run screaming into the night because you have no idea what six 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 means. You don't know anything about how to explain Revelation to them, so just run out of the room screaming. Okay? I wouldn't recommend that, right? For obvious reasons. Okay? Option number two: you could tell them that you do not know that much about six six six, but then thank them for the question, and then tell them. That they've motivated you to grow in your knowledge of the book of Revelation. Now that's good. That's a better choice because it shows them that you're humble. It shows them that you are also a student of God's word. You're learning about it just like they're learning about it. But then there's there's an even better option, Christians. And here's option number three. You should tell them that you don't know that much about 666, you don't know that much about what Revelation teaches, and you are definitely going to study more about that, but you do know that the rest of the Bible clearly shows who will go to heaven and who will go to hell, and you would like to show them those passages. And that's the best option for several reasons, because practically either of every brand new convert that I've ever encountered or uh, almost every potential convert sooner or later they're gonna want to study about something that they're not ready to comprehend. Okay, they the new convert Jesus says that they're born again, right? They're right. spiritual babes, and, and and it says in the Bible to not that the those who are babes in Christ eat milk and not solid food. Think about how much more that applies to someone who hasn't even been born again yet. Right. Someone who is still outside of Christ. Um, when my little group of girls were toddlers, when they were three years old and going up to now today, eat, they, they, that's when they started to eat just about anything. But when they were younger, when they were babies, milk was the only thing that they could eat. But that steady diet of milk helped them develop to where they could eat more solid food. Um, We have to keep that in mind. When we are studying with someone, they are not ready for the meat. They might ask about the meat. They're not ready for it. So we need to keep the Bible study focused on the milk. So if they ask you a question and it's about something that they do need to know, in order to obtain salvation and forgiveness of sins, they need to know it. Then, if it has anything to do with, with establishing a heartfelt faith in Christ as their Savior, uh, it has anything to do with teaching them about what repentance of sins really means, uh, it has anything to do about teaching them about scriptural baptism, the kingdom of God, the oneness of the Church, okay, now's a good time to talk about it. But if the question is about... Um, finding the meaning of the apocalyptic vision that Daniel received in Daniel chapter 9, uh, or what Bible translation is the best one to use, or the hygienic laws of Leviticus, then politely table that discussion for another day, steer the conversation back to what is into their soul. Because remember Christians, their soul is still lost and you can teach them exactly what the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 7 means and they can walk away understanding that and their soul is still going to be lost. Right. Okay, so keep that in mind. But then um, just remember remember that if you give a baby filet mignon it's only going to harm the baby. So keep it focused on the milk of God's word so that they can come to obey the gospel. And then, not long afterwards, they'll be ready to chow down on that biblical, spiritual steak dinner. Yep. Okay. So the keep your method. In, uh, uh, when, in, when it comes to people that are n- are not that familiar with the Church of Christ, I would keep your method very informal, very conversational, and have a plan that you're going to teach them about faith, repentance, baptism, God's grace, the oneness of the church, Uh, and that you'll go into great detail about all of those things. Right. Um, But at the same time, um, just be conversational. Yeah. And because I think people respond more to uh, conversation. If if they if they see that you come out and you have a whole worksheet ready with different packets to give them and a questionnaire and everything and you, know, you give them homework assignments and things like that, that that will work with some people. But I think, in my experience, more people will be more open if they see that you're just that they're just having a conversation with you and they're learning about the Bible from that conversation. Right. Does that make sense? It does. All right, it's past time for the episode to end for today, so we're going to go ahead and end this episode at this point, and Lord willing, next week we will finish up our discussion with John Mitchell on evangelism. We hope that you'll tune in next Monday to the Everyday Christian Podcast. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. May God bless you.